0: Hi everyone, this is Denise Brown, your host of Your Caregiving Journey, a talk show that helps you as you help family members and friends, and our podcast is part of the Caregiving Podcast Network, which features insights, inspirations, and stories from family caregivers and former family caregivers. Just a couple quick updates for you. We are at the end of May, and starting in June, we have our contest to pick our keynote, for our third annual National Caregiving Conference. Just want to give you a heads up to keep checking in on caregiving.com to see when we post, what that contest entails. And it's an opportunity to give a family caregiver or a former family caregiver to take the stage. So typically when you go to a conference, there's a big keynote, you know, a celebrity We're the celebrities at our conference, and so we want to give an opportunity to one of the celebrities, a family caregiver or a former family caregiver, to share your story, share insights, share perspective, share lessons learned. Last year, our keynote presenter was Kathy Sikorsky. She was a big hit, so we're looking forward to another big hit. So if you think, oh, my gosh, I would love to do this, Just keep checking on caregiving.com in June. We'll post the details. We do have a newsletter that you can subscribe to that gives you updates about the conference. So if you're interested in staying in touch, getting the latest, you can subscribe to our email newsletter. And when you go to caregiving.com, there's going to be a little orange banner at the bottom of every page, and it prompts you to subscribe. So the easiest way to stay up to date is just to subscribe to our newsletter, and then you'll hear when we announce our keynote contest. Okay, those are the updates for you. So I just want to mention today, I'm thrilled with our podcast today because one of our Family Caregiver of the Year Award winners is joining us. CJ Golden is an, a writer, inspirational speaker, who through her last two books shares the Tao philosophy of serenity and acceptance with women and girls. And her newest book, One pedal at a time, a novice caregiver and her cyclist husband face their new normal with courage, tenacity, and abundant love. She brings the same principles to help ease the burden that face family caregivers. CJ, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you,
1: Denise. It's it's fun and wonderful to be here with you.
0: And congratulations. You're one of our five Family Caregiver of the Year Award winners. Yeah, so, that was so so, we'll, that was wonderfully exciting. Yeah, One, we'll honor you at a special reception the evening of November eighth, and that is how we kick off our third annual National Caregiving Conference. So I look forward to meeting you at our conference, and it's an opportunity for you to enjoy the conference, connect with others who are like-minded, share what you know, and receive what others can give you in terms of support. So I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Thank you. Thank you. Ditto, likewise. So your book is about caring for your husband. Mm-hmm. And your husband was the nominee for you. Your husband nominated you for our <laughs> contest, which I thought was yes. awesome. Yes. Yeah, that was so cool. So tell, how did caregiving start for you? Well, it, it, it started... Of course, I've, I've been
1: caregiver—not um, of course, but I have been caregiver to my to my elderly parents before they passed away. Um, not not to the point that I was caregiver to Joe, and and that happened. That was sudden. It was um, a cancer that he has, chronic lymphocytic leukemia, that reared its ugly head at one point suddenly in 2016. And then decided to to uh, to affect him, um, get into his sacral nervous system, and um, create several devastating strokes. All of a sudden, I'm a caregiver, um, and my my natural reaction is to take over, to learn, to do, to participate as much as possible in an event, in a life event like this. And I learned. I learned what was going on with Joe. I learned what I needed to know about his condition, about how to be his caregiver, about how his doctors were working with him, the medical team. You learn under fire sometimes, Denise, and um, that's exactly what I did. It wasn't easy.
0: And it was life-altering and life-changing.
1: Very much so. Very much
0: so. What was the hardest change for you?
1: I had to accept this new life that I was living. Joseph Campbell, um, I will not quote him directly, I'll paraphrase. Campbell has said, You must be willing to let go of the life you planned in order to accept the life that is waiting for you. And whatever life I had planned, whatever life Joe had planned, for him or for us together, went out the window. And I had to learn to accept what was happening to him, what was happening to me, and to us together. Acceptance, well, there's that down word, acceptance, is key and then taking our unique skills, that's also Taoism, and putting them into play. So the most difficult part was saying, okay, okay, this is happening now. What do I have within me that will work towards helping Joe? And I think that's, I think that's it with all of us. Um, we need to understand our strengths and we need to be cognizant of our weaknesses and be prepared to say, I can't do this particular thing. I need to find someone who can supplement my learnings and do it for me or with me or teach me. That's, that's
0: difficult. Ah, It is difficult. Yeah. And it makes sense to do it because we think, I want to keep my strength in order mm-hmm. to keep my strength. I'm going to delegate what takes me either too long or is just too difficult for me or just is not within my possibilities. Yes. And if we can reframe it a little bit and think about it as, okay, that's going to take too much time for me to do, so I'm going to delegate it, rather than saying to ourselves, oh, my gosh, I'm too embarrassed to admit I don't know how to do this. I'm too embarrassed to admit that I need help. We would really do best to keep us Ourselves strong if we think about delegating what takes away from our strength. Exactly. Exactly.
1: And it's that's hard, isn't it? Because we want to be yes. the end all, be all, do all. No, 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 no. I can take care of him. No, nah, I can care for Joe and, and change his diapers and, and, and give him his showers and cook a dinner and maybe bake a cake and, you know.
0: Uh-uh. with a smile on your face <laughs> with a smile yes and never go near a bottle of wine right <laughs> yeah hmm. yeah
1: and, and and actually one one of the chapters in in my book in one petal at a time talks about how I kept this brave face up when particularly and he, this was at the beginning of of the episodes in 2016 when he was in hospitalized in Boston um And I was smiling and editing. Everything was great and everything was wonderful. And I went into a CVS one evening to pick up a script that was waiting for me. I had gotten there too late. The pharmacy department had closed. I erupted
0: like any of the
1: volcanoes are erupting now in Hawaii. Um, I can never go back to that CVS again (laughs) because
0: I I, spewed
1: all over the place. Um, and yeah. that's what I said. Yeah, I got to change something here. Yeah, some, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: it's awful when it's an episode like that Yes. you see that things probably aren't going as smoothly as you're saying they are.
1: Assumed, <laughs> so, yes.
0: Yes, and, and we all have we all have those episodes, unfortunately. Yes,
1: we do. Yes, we do. But, you know, the, the what I consider strength, because everyone said to me, be strong, be strong, be strong. I suspect we all hear that oh, as caregivers. Yeah. I truly believe that being strong doesn't mean never crying. It doesn't mean never having down moments. It doesn't mean never erupting. It means have those times that you need to to have uh for your your emotional sanity, and then gather yourself up and forge ahead that in my mind is being strong um before my eruption, I thought being strong meant keeping up that that positive face all the time.
0: We're human, yeah, it is yeah, we are, and boy it's such an energy zapper ah. the, that. <laughs> To give that faith that, that faith of strength all the time, It's exhausting. It's it, exhausting.
1: It's exhausting. It really is. It's, it's, um, it, it's so unnatural. It's so pulling from our, our souls and our beings and really zapping our strength. and zapping our abilities to help those people that we want
0: to care for. One of the concerns that we always have in the back of our mind is we don't want to appear to be upset or overwhelmed in front of our carees. We feel like they have enough to deal with. We don't want to put any more on their plate. How do you How do you feel about that? How do you let Joe know if you're having a tough day? What's that well, like for you?
1: Now I can let him know. Now I can. Now he is, um, I can't say recovered, but he's, um, now even as, as we're speaking, he's taken the car, he's gone to a doctor's appointment, he's met. A, he's meeting a friend for lunch. Um, he is well on the mend, I hope. You know, you always wait for the other shoe to fall with cancer and yeah. strokes, you never know. Um yeah. But when he was so seriously ill, and when, well, he didn't know. He didn't know he was so out of it. There was no way that I was going to not keep up that brave face when I was with him. When he was hospitalized, when he came home, um, and they didn't want me to bring him home. They wanted him to go to a step-down facility. Um, I could not, I could not face him without that brave face but then i should have known that i could have gone to another part of the house and banged my fists and and cried a bit before i faced him again now he knows when i'm now he's cognizant now it's a team effort and as a team effort we both need to know and understand each other's emotional lives
0: no, I also think it's an opportunity for our caries to give to us a chance for us to receive from support from our carries if we say oh.
1: oh yeah
0: i'm having a I'm having a tough day. That's an opportunity then for them to comfort us, to share comforting words. Mhm
1: that's an opportunity for them to keep their dignity, for them yeah. to know that they are an important part. ...of this relationship. Yeah. Um, And that's another thing, having allowing the caree to keep his or her dignity by allowing him or her to have a say, as much as they can, in their care and where they should be and what might be happening, as opposed to the caregiver forcing them around, um, treating them like an infant that, an infant that has no say. Even an infant, you know, you'll hold up two toys and say, which one do you want, sweetheart? And there's a decision that could be made. And it's the same way. It's the same thing.
0: What made you decide to write a book?
1: It came so naturally. This book did. I had spent much of the time when Joe was hospitalized and as he was healing at home, sending out group emails to those family members and friends who who wanted to hear from me and wanted updates. And I don't know why, but I kept all of those emails that I had sent Mm -hmm. out. I also blogged. I wrote for a site that put down my blogs that publish my blogs the lessons that i learned each day as the day came to an end what did i learn today what happened today that i can glean some information from those emails and those blogs found their way together and formed the meat of the book um The first part of the book is an introduction as to who we are, and the last part of the book is an introduction into who we are now. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was a book. It was there, and people were saying, you need to, you need to turn this into a book. Um, This will give hope. This will give um, strength to others going through the caregiving process. That was
0: it. You mentioned when we first started that you had helped your parents before they Mm -hmm. died. Yes. I I wonder how you would compare caring for parents versus caring for a spouse. It was different
1: in my case and not parent or spouse different, but because there was a long distance geographically. They were down in Florida. I'm up here in Connecticut. I was in charge of making sure that their daily caregivers were on the job, that they were there. I was so fortunate in finding two sisters who shared the responsibility 24-7. And when one of them could not be there, they had a family member take over. I would fly down every two or three weeks and be there for them. Um, and be there with them and go to every major doctor's appointment. But it, wasn't, it was 24-7 for me on an emotional level. It was not 24-7 for me on a physical level. That's a big difference. So, you know, if I had had my parents living with me, I could better answer the question of caring for a parent or a spouse or a child. Um, it's going to be different, isn't it? Because the relationship is different. But I can't really compare it because it wasn't 24-7.
0: When it's your spouse, the relationship changes. Mm -hmm. How, How do you keep the spouse in a caregiving experience? so that it's not swallowed up by the caregiver.
1: It's very interesting. You know as well as I do that there are many caregiving Facebook groups out there where people can discuss with each other their, their roles as caregivers and their roles as spouses and how the two work together. And in all too many cases, there's so much anger There's so much resentment. There's so much, I want my life back from the caregivers. And I understand why. I understand why. But in my case, somehow, and perhaps it was the Tao, somehow Joe and I worked together to deepen and strengthen our relationship. I didn't think it was possible. We were so strong as a couple, as a unit together already. There's so much love there already. I didn't think it would be possible to deepen and strengthen that relationship and that love. But it happened. And I think, Denise, because we worked together and because neither of us drew from a place of resentment we drew from a place of caring and love.
0: Mm. You, That's it's big. interesting. Yeah. We have a chat every Tuesday afternoon on Twitter. And yesterday mm-hmm. we talked about trauma, trauma that our carees might have experienced earlier in their life and then trauma that we might experience during a caregiving experience. Mm-hmm. And one of our participants cared for his wife. His wife died just about a year ago. And he talked about his his resigned resentment, I think, is how he talked about it. He, he resented caregiving, and he said, you know, I just don't know if I ever stopped resenting it. It was very interesting for him to share that perspective, mm, Yeah. especially after yes. caregiving ended. He was able to look at it from a different viewpoint, and I think that's the challenge. How do you let go of the resentment?
1: How do you let go of the resentment? It's not easy, is it? It's um it's it's work, it's a job, there are psychological terms for it. Um I don't know them. <laughs> I'm not a psychologist or a clinical social worker, but I know in my heart it comes down to attitude. It really, really does. Can I toss another an, another quote out at you? Um, you get bitter or you get better. Mm. You take what has been dealt to you and allow it to tear you down or you allow it to make you a stronger person. The choice is yours. Choose wisely. The choice was mine. The choice is his. The choice belongs to all of us. And if we want that choice to be one of not resentment, but of love and compassion, which might also be there along with the resentment, we have to first make that decision and then do what we need to do, be it go to counseling, be it uh, if somebody has religion, you a religious group to go to, Um, Go to a Facebook group, go to Twitter, talk to others, do what one needs to do to allow that resentment to dissolve into into something less painful.
0: Well, that's just it, right? The resentment is full of pain.
1: Mm, Yes. The resentment is not going to get us anywhere. Other than pull us down into a hole. And to be holding on to that resentment even after the time has passed. Wow, that's, um, that's bitter. That, that's, as I say, a very bitter pill to swallow. And for me to sit here and talk to you and say it's a matter of attitude, there will be those who will listen to me and say, oh, that's so Pollyanna, it's so difficult but you have to start with the desire to change that attitude or nothing is going to change. Once you have the desire to change the attitude, then you figure out how to do it.
0: Absolutely. And when I think about resentment, it's about resisting what's present And so the Mm -hmm. opposite of that would be accepting what's present, accepting Mm -hmm. what is. Yes. And I think people resist this idea of acceptance because they think, well, I can't accept this as my life. I want to change it. So what would be the difference between accepting in order to move through and move to better and this idea that I'm just not going to accept this and that's how I can get it to better? I hope that makes sense. It's a fine line, Um, and I'm just wondering what the difference is. It it is. um,
1: Once you say, I'm not going to accept
0: this, I I don't see
1: how you can get it to better. Um, Mm. Unless, unless I'm not going to accept this, I'm going to find others who can help me. I'm not going to accept this, I'm going to find a way to give myself some space That might be, but if it is, I need to accept this because I am the only one caring for my spouse and it's become a 24-7 job and I don't have the finances, the financial ability to call someone in, well, then it has to be accept this. This is now your life. Do something with it.
0: Yeah, do something with it. Do something with
1: it. You're stuck home. Yeah. Being a 24-7 caregiver, and oh, I hope people don't think that I'm just being too blasé and too light about it, but you're stuck home. Find a way to give yourself time for you. Learn an instrument. To play an instrument, learn learn a language. Have a friend come over for coffee. Um, learn meditation. Learn yoga. Um, learn how to knit. Turn at least a small part of your life into time for you. Write a book. Write in a journal. Write something positive that you've learned every day in that journal. Oh. I learned about this, or I learned about that, or I learned that I don't know about this or that, and I need to learn it. Or that journal, at the end of the day, might say, thank God this day is over. Hmm. Because every time you say, I can't get through that, you might look back and notice that you did indeed get through it.
0: Yeah, I think one of the most powerful strategies during caregiving is writing. And it could Mm -hmm. be writing to blog or it could be just writing for your own journal. I think of it as write write and release. You write it out, and that's one of the nicest ways to release it. You don't have to show anybody what you wrote. You don't even have to keep what you wrote. Exactly. But it's this way of finding. You find this perspective that makes you say, okay, that's over with. That's done. I'm moving on. Exactly exactly,
1: or you have the opportunity to see what you really think, to see what you're thinking as opposed to a momentary flash of a thought that crosses your mind. Write that thought down and analyze it and realize what it means and where you can go with it. Or, you know, um, write a song (laughs) or find a song that has meaning there was another site that I was on the other day, and somebody you know said, "Well, this is a song for caregivers," and it was such a downer of a song. oh And I countered oh. I countered with um a, a song that that's not a Philip Phillips song that says, "Make this life your home." Oh. For every yeah. downer, there's, there is there's a way around it. For every rock in the road, there is a way around it or over or through it. For every, every pebble that a river has to go over, for every, every waterfall that is so violent, the water comes out calmer at the end. And that's our lives, but we as human beings fight our lives. We're the only creatures on earth that fight it. We need to learn to take what it is. We need to learn to take what has been given to us. We need to learn to find the strength within us
0: to move forward. And we're going to close because I can't think of a better way to close. That was perfect. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. CJ, for those who would like to learn more about you as well as about your new book, One Pedal at a Time, how can they reach you? They can reach me
1: at my website, which is com, And they can find the book, One Pedal at a Time, well, You name it, you can buy it. Most people go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble online. Um, But on my website, you'll see my other two books, those that explain the Tao and the Taoist attitude that has helped propel me through through most of my life.
0: That's awesome. CJ, thank you so much for being here today, and I'm really looking forward to meeting you in November.
1: Thank you so much, Denise. This was great.
0: And thanks, everybody, so much for listening. I'm Denise Brown. Be sure to stop by caregiving.com. Let us know how you're doing because we always do love to know. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.